Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Frankly, I have way too much here to cover in this episode to even introduce it, so I'm just going to flat out get into it, and we're going to chip away at all of these subjects because there are many. First of all, I want to start off with a brief correction from the last episode. I mentioned the website I am Brooke. I am Brooke Jackson. That was it. I am Brooke Jackson.com. Uh, Brooke Jackson is apparently a whistleblower, but is not the whistleblower from the Project Veritas videos. That lady is Melissa McAtee, and she's the one who used to work for Pfizer and was handling the vials. Uh, anywho, she has put out a TikTok video. So first of all, my apologies for getting those two mixed up. I'm getting all these whistleblowers mixed up. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but there you have it. Uh, either way, Melissa McAtee put out a TikTok video describing the vials that she was responsible for holding and possessing and boxing and moving around that had, of course, all of the death jab juice in it and how some of them were just flat out glowing behind particular lights that uh, that she was using or particular backgrounds that they were placing these vials on. Some of them glowed, some of them didn't. Anyway, if you're interested in seeing that video, which it really does require eyes on it rather than me just playing it here, um, that will be in the war video on my BitChute channel, the most recent one. So make sure and check that out if you're interested, and I highly recommend it. So again, I, I got Brooke Jackson and Melissa McAtee mixed up. My apologies on that. Okay, moving on here. Education-related stuff, and there's a ton. Um, first of all, this story, of course, has been making the rounds. It was on Fox News and Just the News and a bunch of other places. That There are at least, they say, 269 K-12 educators have been arrested on child sex crimes in the first nine months of this year. Uh, it says 74% of the arrests involved alleged crimes against students. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think this is a new thing. I mean, the story may be new, the statistic may be new, but this has been going on since the beginning of schooling. This is not new. Me personally, as you've heard me say, in particular in the last episode and in Friday's episode, the, the latest thing here is that American K-12 schools are openly engaging in child trafficking, in particular of illegals. That's, that's new. That's a, that's a newish thing. I'll say newish because, again, they've had individuals within their schools, students in particular, who have been trafficked. We, we know that. And again, if the school employees knew that some of their students had been trafficked or knew who they were, hopefully they would do something about it. The problem is, is now they're openly taking in illegals, in particular from Mexico, who are actively being trafficked by the U.S. government and by politicians. And this, this falls into a category which, again, sort of, it doesn't necessarily make it a perfect crime, but it falls into the category of what I would basically describe as this. If everybody's breaking the law, then no law is being broken. That seems to be the approach that they're taking. Well, you're doing the best you can with the students you have, and yes, you're taking in these people who happen to be illegals. Don't pay attention to the fact that they're being trafficked. But 
they're illegals and you have a legal responsibility to take them in if they choose to, uh, you know, choose to come to your school. And of course, why wouldn't they? They want a roof over their head. They want clothes replaced and they want food in their stomach. So they're coming to American schools for these things because they are told and they know that American schools will provide them these things. But again, it falls into this giant bucket of if everybody's doing it, then it isn't illegal. Even though it's illegal, as long as everybody's doing it, well, it's not that, you know, it's not enforceable. It's not that big of a thing. We're doing what we can with what we have and, you know, whatever else. These people should be arrested and sent back. All of them. Some, some might say that sounds completely uncompassionate or that I lack compassion as a result of saying that. No, I don't. Stay in your country. That's all. Stay in your country. Fix your own country. We have our own problems here. This continues to be a massive issue. And these schools are overwhelmed as it is with stupidity, let alone the fact that they're now all engaging in child trafficking of illegal aliens. This is a bigger issue, again, than these sex crimes that are occurring between educators and, and students. I know that that happens. We all know that that happens. Again, not a new thing. I'll give you one quick example just to briefly mention this. Uh, former Ohio softball coach pleads guilty to sexual battery of student allegedly begged child to not tell authorities. Not new. This stuff just isn't new. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. That kind of stuff continuously happens. If you need another reason to homeschool, there's another exhibit for you right there. Uh, I'll give you another one again. This is random. It's not sex, it's not sex related, but it's random. Radioactive waste found at Missouri Elementary School. A shocking new report from high levels of radioactive waste in samples of soil, dust, and plants taken in and around Jana Elementary School in Hazelwood School District in Florissant, if I'm saying that right. Uh, it's just bizarre. I mean, the 5G towers are bad enough, but that's terrible too. The point is, is that a lot of this is ramping up and a lot of this is repetitious. And uh, it's not going away. It's just going to continue to get worse. These stories, I think personally, that these stories regarding education are in the mainstream now more than ever before. That, of course, is a good thing because it brings more attention to these particular subjects, and that's great. The question then becomes, what is the end result? What is the reactionary result? And we've seen lots of different reactionary results, but the one that makes the most sense is first to tell the public and make others aware if that's your choice, and then, of course, homeschool and remove your children and reorganize your family and the way that you view government schooling to take them out of these harmful environments because that's exactly what they are. Again, it's all serious. All of it is serious. Again, the child sex crimes, the weapons, uh, just the, the inept behavior among the individuals in charge. I'll give you another example. This, by the way, this was weeks old, but it just now hit the blaze. I mean, I saw this weeks ago uh, on the Law and Crime channel on YouTube, and uh, 
It's it's bizarre. I mean, I'm going to play the audio here from from this particular news outlet on YouTube regarding the story, but it had to do with four armed students being allowed to walk into a Cleveland area school, and then they were locked basically inside of the atrium area or the initial entrance area and weren't allowed in. But there were administrators that let these people in. They ran up with masks on their face, guns in their hands, and then they hid the guns in their pants, and then they were blocked in this general area and they couldn't leave. But ultimately, again, they were initially let into the building, even while on the phone, apparently, with 911, uh, where even the 911 dispatcher was saying, don't let them in. So let me play that audio for you real quick. But again, this was weeks ago, but it just now hit the blaze. So. Take that for what you want. Uh, here's that audio in three, two, one. I'm in a building. Let them, you're not letting anybody see that door, people. And they're coming towards the building in the front, the back. A school security officer calls 911 watching teens with masks and guns. They walk up to Garrett Morgan School, a high school on Cleveland's west side. The school goes into lockdown, but the intruders get in anyway. I'm in the building. They're inside the building right here. On the outer part. They got in the building? Reports show those dangerous visitors got through one door, but they couldn't get through a second. Stopped in a vestibule or lobby, as you see in a lot of buildings like this. The reports also reveal how teens with face coverings and weapons even got that far. Keep the school locked down. A witness wrote, two assistant principals from leadership let the males into the building. Another statement shows, I confirmed the interior doors were locked and instructed the four suspects to come to the vestibule because it was unsafe to be outside because I saw police officers. Cleveland police got there quickly. They arrested three teens, found two guns, but a school security consultant reacted. You've just let them one step closer in. Ken Trump runs National School Safety and Security Services. The goal is to keep students away from harm, and you don't let the bad guy, especially when you know they're the bad guy, get closer into your school building. All right, go ahead and let the police handle it. The school district issued a statement saying, in part, the suspects entered a controlled, secure area that is specifically designed to prevent access to the rest of the building. The staff member made a split-second decision that the individual thought was the best way to keep students and staff safe. Yet it added to the alarm of teens with guns at a school. When the police finally arrived to the school building, they walked into the, that open lobby area and they, they said, uh, I mean, they looked at the students and they, well, I assume they were students, who knows? They were just four black dudes, teenagers. And they said, uh, what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, nothing. They were like, well, come with us. And then, of course, they took them outside. They didn't handcuff them right then and there, which is what they should have done because they knew that they were armed. They knew that they were dangerous. Again, everybody, you know, I got to tell you. Everybody's to blame here, even the cops. They, they, were, they were this close from someone really getting killed inside of that building. Now, yes, it's Cleveland, and it kind of goes with the territory and, you know, whatever else. But the cops didn't even arrest them inside of those close quarters where they could have easily arrested them. They let them leave. They were like, well, come on outside with us, and let's just talk and whatever. And then as soon as they did, what happened? They all ran. All four of them ran full speed. 
They ran across a highway, across giant fields, and into people's backyards. I watched the whole video, like I said, on the Law and Crime channel. And then again, these cops, I don't know why they always ask questions instead of just arresting them and throwing them in a car. But a female cop shows up and goes, Hey man, why were you running? What are you running from? We just want to ask you some questions. Why are you running? I remember watching the video and saying to myself, Don't talk to them. Don't talk to these people. Take their guns out of them. Search them down to their, to their underwear. Cuff, cuff them first. Search them and then throw them in the back of a car. You don't have to say anything to them. Take them to jail. That's it. Don't ask them questions. What are you doing? Come on, man. Don't run from us. Just put them in jail. And then go back to the school and slap those administrators across the face and fire them. Fire them. Because it's negligence. And that's a fireable offense, so to speak. Fire them. They don't belong in a school building. Hell, students don't belong in a school building, let alone anybody else who wants to, you know, keep their head on their neck. Not these days, anyway. But there you go. Again, you know, that, that wasn't a new story, but the Blaze just picks up on it brand new, like it's a new thing. This happened weeks ago. Weeks. Anywho, okay. Just wanted to mention a few of those, and there's that. Moving on. We know, of course, that the Biden administration, if you want to call it that, the fake presidency, uh, is increasing the funds associated with diversity, equity, and inclusion and the gender-affirming care, not just among K-12 students and employees, but federal employees of all kinds in all agencies. This continues to be a thing. It's an abomination. Um, and it's purposeful. It's purposely driven, of course, to drive the most morally sound individuals out of the work environment and then launder money and a thousand other things. Uh, there is something else that is occurring too, which of course is part of the nefarious plan when it comes to increasing confusion and driving students into a mental spiral downhill, so to speak. I came across a stat the other day that had to do with Montgomery County in Virginia. I believe that's Montgomery County, Virginia, anyway. And it had to do with how their school district in their county has seen a 530 plus percent increase in students who are identifying as something other than their birth gender. They're just showing up to school with pretend names and saying whatever they're saying. They have male genitalia, and they're claiming that they're female, and so on and so forth. They're mental institutions, ladies and gentlemen. These places are absolute mental institutions. They're actually becoming mental institutions faster than I thought. I thought they were going to turn them into formal mental institutions before they actually crumbled as a result of not being able to I don't know, uh, maintain themselves monetarily, so to speak, over the course of time because of their bad policies and terrible curriculum and crime and whatever else. They're just mental institutions now, just not formally. They're, they're, they're pretend mental institutions right now. But this continues to be a thing. It's continuing to be commented on. In fact, the, uh, 
The gal that I mentioned earlier that Cicely corrected me on, um, Rooted Wings, I believe is is her handle. Uh, I, fa- I found her on Telegram. She put out a story just the other day about how these LGBTQ clubs and whatever are apparently now meeting during lunchtime within a lot of these schools because if they meet during lunchtime, as this particular flyer said, then they don't have to contact parents. That something like this is going on. So they're taking some of this instruction purposefully out of the classroom setting. They're purposefully taking it away from being an after-school activity or even a club that exists as an after-school activity or an after-school club, and they're just throwing it right into the middle of lunchtime. That way, again, you can eat lunch and watch a transgender do a strip show right in front of you, I suppose. You know, I, uh, I I don't know what else to say about that kind of stuff. It's just, it's not new. It's continuing to occur. I think a lot of it, again, as you've heard me say, is low-hanging fruit. I understand there are individuals that are solely focused on that. I get it. But I'm just going to keep beating this dead horse. If the people stopped complaining about the system and they just pulled their own children out, the system would would collapse in a day. One day. That would be it. If everybody did not a giant walkout for the purpose of some media-hyped political protest to to, to gain attention as to why they're all walking out, that that might be effective in the short term. But the long-term solution is to remove yourself permanently from these environments. And again, as you've heard me say, it's going to be the jabs that end up doing it. That's going to be the kiss of death right there. No pun intended. But uh, yeah, let me give you a couple of examples, actually. This comes from the westernjournal.com. 44-year-old teacher suddenly collapses, dies in front of students, friends, and family are totally shocked. Dies right in front of students. Interesting. Uh, This is in Italy, although keep in mind, as you've even heard on this show, this is happening everywhere. This is an Italian woman teaching in Verona, Italy, dropped dead in her classroom on last week, and her family and friends are stunned. Are they? Are they really stunned? According to Euro Weekly, an English-language newspaper in Spain, Giovanna Fabrica was 44 when she collapsed Monday. Fabrica, who was a native of Sicily, taught at the Ederly State Comprehensive Institute of Villa Bartolomea, if I'm saying that right, probably not, the the report said, citing the Italian newspaper. This is happening all over the place, and... We, we, I mean, I'm not rooting for this, of course, but this is an inevitability. We just need more students whipping out their phones and, and catching this as it's happening, or at the very least, the aftermath. And then those videos have got to make their way to social media and bounce around social media. It has to be the case. Here is yet another example, actually. This comes from the Gateway Pundit. 17-year-old high school student dies suddenly after collapsing during choir rehearsal. 
He died on October 14th. On Friday, it says authorities announced the 17-year-old student at Naperville North High School had died suddenly during a choir rehearsal. 17-year-old Daniel Moshi of Franklin Park died suddenly after he collapsed while he was practicing on stage on Friday evening. And people are stunned. They can't for the life of them figure out why. This is this should not shock anyone. It shouldn't shock anybody. But as you've heard me say again in previous episodes, they're going to rationalize this away. These school districts will not be able to fix this. They're in they're in way too deep on their own lies. This next thing, however, is one of those things that the enemy is ramping up and kicking into fifth gear. And this certainly has to be mentioned and brought up because they're not going to quit. They want the COVID shots, the bioweapon, to be mandatory for students to take across the nation in order to attend a K-12 school. Probably public, private, and charter, if I had to take a guess. Again, there have been private schools that have already done this, and they are paying the price right now. Uh, They're not going to go away with this particular avenue of thought or this whatever you want to call it, this plan. This is what they want. They want children dead, and they want unknowing parents to serve up their kids to these bioweapons, and then, of course, make it mandatory, because you need government, ladies and gentlemen. Never forget that. Lest you forget that you need the government system, and you need American K-12 schools, brick and mortar or otherwise, in order to educate your child or your child to educate themselves. So this comes from Virginia, and it is titled at the top because this comes from the Virginia Medical Freedom Alliance. It says the following, and then I'm going to add my two cents at the end of this. Not to mention, as I read through this, there's of course a few different words I would have chosen, but you'll get the gist of it pretty much straight up. Uh, It says the following, quote, urgent action alert. It says the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, ACIP, meeting on October 19th and 20th of 2022 will vote on adding COVID-19 shots to the schedule of childhood vaccines required for students in order to attend school. This meeting will also discuss the COVID-19 vaccine, quote-unquote, safety and effectiveness in pregnant women and infants six months old and older. This meeting is open to the public and will be live-streamed here. There's a link. Uh, We need you to stop this approval. So the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices is going to vote on adding the death shots to the schedule of childhood vaccines in order to attend school. Ladies and gentlemen, how do you think they're going to vote? It's predetermined. All of this is predetermined. We know that. You know that. It's completely predetermined. They're just doing this as a formal rollout of their plans so they can pat each other on the back for being psychopaths and then, you know, on to the next dead body. It continues, unfortunately, but this is again an action alert to make people aware. It says, quote, COVID vaccines have been administered to millions of people worldwide. I I think it's billions at this point. On the premise 
that they are safe and effective. There was no clinical data to support these claims. Overwhelming evidence shows that these vaccines are neither safe nor effective in almost every age group and particularly in children and persons under 60 years. Please read the facts below for details and to easily help you take action. Again, the age discrepancy thing bothers me. It's everyone. Just say everyone regardless of age. That's so much easier than saying, well, it's overwhelmingly not good for these people and also not these people, but in particular children and certainly people under 60. It's everybody. It's everyone. It continues, it says, please stand to protect our children. Our voices together are stronger than power and profit-driven big pharma and the unconstitutional overreach and violation of parental rights by our government. Please act now. It says the following, let your voice be heard in four ways. Number one, click here to email 14 of the ACIP committee members to vote no on adding the COVID-19 shots to the recommended immunization schedule. If your email provider doesn't recognize the link, their email addresses are provided below to copy into the emails to line. Tell them to vote no on adding the COVID-19 shots to the recommended childhood immunization schedule. You can email those psychos all you want. It will not matter. It won't matter. And then it says follow up with a phone call. You can even call these people and there are their phone numbers and all their names. Doctors, doctors, doctors. Okay. Number three, submit written public comment here. And there's a link to do that. By the way, this form is on my Gab page along with the website. If you're interested in jumping through these hoops when you should just homeschool, then, you know, be my guest. But keep in mind, the vote's predetermined. They already have their orders. They have their marching orders. They know what they're going to do. Uh, and then it says, number three, forward this action alert to other concerned parents, grandparents, and citizens. It, again, if you're that concerned, you shouldn't go to school. You should homeschool. And every, that's what everybody should be doing, but, you know. One step at a time, I guess. It does say, finally, thank you, and then there's a list of quote-unquote facts here. It says the following. Number one, or bullet point number one, the COVID shots are not traditional vaccines. Rather, they are experimental genetic products with novel mechanisms of action and, may, and many unknown short and especially long-term risks. The CDC and FDA did not determine the long-term safety of the current COVID shots in children before insisting current child vaccine policies. Again, it's not just children, it's everybody. At least five years of testing research are necessary before we can really understand the risks. Well, in this particular case, just a little side note here, um, they knew the risks during the trials because it killed all the animals and was, of course, killing human beings as well. And that should have stopped it alone. But it's a war and they want people dead. So they have to move forward with their weapon. I mean, they're not going to stop here. The next bullet point is after just one year of use in children, there's an abundant evidence in official U.S. vaccine safety tracking database that injures, that injuries rather, from the COVID shots in children are catastrophic. The U.S. Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, as of September 30th, 2022, contains almost 28,000 adverse event reports in American children six months to 17 years with 60 deaths and 433 near deaths with 301 permanently disabled and 985 reports of myocarditis. Ladies and gentlemen, 
again, the, the people that are putting together these these fact sheets, I know they're well intended, but all of those numbers are a small fraction, a small percentage of the actual numbers. The actual numbers are enormous. We're talking again tens of millions dead and more to come. Not to mention the injured is way more than that who are still alive. It continues with these kind of false statistics to say the least. It says other serious injuries in children include severe allergic reactions, blood clots and strokes, encephalitis, encephalopathy, and other autoimmune and neurological disorders. In older persons, there's evidence of loss of fertility and cancer. Same thing with young children. Same thing with young kids. Again, these these age differences that they're deciding to just categorize is a mistake, I think. Continues to be a mistake. It says, quote, the CDC and FDA have failed to acknowledge, disclose, or explain to the U.S. people the overwhelming evidence of injuries and deaths reported to official U.S. vaccine safety tracking databases and in the pharmaceutical company's own clinical trial data. The next bullet point says the 1,953 VAERS reports of myocarditis worldwide prompted a number of European countries to prohibit the COVID shot in children and teens. How can the CDC justify justify instead a vote to mandate it for school-aged children? Question mark. It then says healthy children under 18 have virtually no risk of death from COVID, a 99.995% recovery rate, and the vast majority have minimal symptoms. CDC, again, there is no COVID they're being shed on by their parents who took the jabs and their peers who took the jabs. It says CDC data show that most children, uh, more than three out of four, already had developed natural immunity to the virus, no such thing as viruses, and there have and they and thus have no demonstrated need for vaccination. There is no benefit to vaccinating children given the known serious health risks of the shot that parents and children may have to live with for the rest of their lives. The next bullet point, the CDC and FDA have promoted the false and misleading claims that, quote, COVID vaccines are safe and effective and, quote, benefits of vaccination outweigh the risks, unquote, but failed to provide objective quantitative evidence that supports their scientific basis. They have failed to acknowledge, disclose, or explain to the U.S. people the overwhelming evidence of injuries and deaths reported to official U.S. vaccine safety tracking databases and in the pharmaceutical company's own clinical trial data. Two more bullet points. It says, during FDA's October 26, 2021 Vaccine Advisory Committee meeting, multiple advisors voiced concerns over COVID-19 vaccination among healthy children. FDA advisor Dr. Mark Sawyer said, quote, we're all concerned about the myocarditis issue. And I do think the model has overestimated the hospitalizations prevented. I do think we need, we need it as a tool for high-risk children. FDA advisor Dr. James Hildreth stated, quote, I do believe children at high risk should be vaccinated, but vaccinating all children to achieve that seems just a bit much for me, unquote. And then the last bullet point, parents' personal health decisions to accept or reject the vaccine, it's a bioweapon, 
uh, for their minor children were made without their true voluntary informed consent due to intentional failure to provide complete and accurate information about risks, benefits, or alternative options, and in numerous instances, coercion, retaliation, or social restrictions. This violates the Nuremberg Code, parental rights, and the fundamental human right of bodily autonomy, unquote. Two things with this. Again, if you want to contact those people, go for it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not stopping anybody from doing that. The way to stop this, of course, is to pull your children out of school permanently and let it all collapse. You vote with your feet. You don't vote with emails and, and complaining phone calls. That gets nothing done. Not in the long run, anyway. Um, if you, it, it, my first point is this. If you're going to make a, a form like this, You've got to ramp up the, the word usage and the statistics. There's been numerous substacks written about it, again, how the death, to death totals, rather, and the injury totals have purposefully been downplayed. They continuously, to this day, again, the seemingly patriots of, of the bunch, continue to reference the Vayers data without mentioning that it's only 1% of all actual real cases, and even that is probably too much. That even that 1% would be a high percentage. We're talking about, again, tens of millions. When you take into account all of the different health effects that these people have had, including death, and how all of the people who are dying and ill aren't being counted as it being a quote unquote vaccine-related death or injury, there's, you can't put a number on that. You can't possibly put a number on it. So that's my first problem. Stop saying vaccine, say bioweapon. Stop referencing VAERS without saying it's the VAERS report is only, again, 1% of all the actual real cases, and even that's too high. Uh, yeah. And then stop with the age discrepancy stuff. And well, it's only children that are, you know, that don't need to have it and whatever else. But it's, you know, fine for the elderly. This is absurd. It's wiping out everybody who takes it. It's compromising everyone's immune systems permanently. That's what this is doing. So, you know, well-intended. I understand this, this fact sheet is, is well-intended to, again, wake some people up. But I'm certain... Unlike, you know, I mean, I'm not the only one reading this who is saying to themselves, wait a minute, this could have been done better. This could have been written better. It could have been more accurate, more blunt, more to the point. This almost feels like it was written a year and a half ago. But anyway, that's, that's my two cents on that. My second point, however, is this. And this has, to, again, this is a theory of mine. You can roll this around your own, your own minds as well and, and see if you would agree on this take. What if, and this is an if, but what if this is part of a white hat plan to also destroy American K-12 education permanently? That the white hats who are in control of the operation that's taking place and all of this revealing that's that's been taking place of all of these industries and the corruption and the death and so on and so forth what if 
all of this is being done on purpose to collapse the K-12 and even higher ed education system. Because if this, get, if this gets approved in Virginia, and all Virginia schools have to do this, then again, you're talking about this, the same kind of civil war that I've brought up in the past. You're talking about an interagency civil war with, again, judges and lawyers going back and forth and saying this is unconstitutional, you can't do this, X, Y, Z. Even if it's illegal, which it would be, you would still have K-12 school districts and universities mandate them, no matter what. And then they would put their lawyers up front and then fight the lawyers that were against it and so on and so forth. My point is, what if this is a white hat operation to, again, force, actually force, by ne- out of necessity and out of life-saving, uh, you know, a life-saving need, to force parents to pull their children out of these schools permanently? Because for many, this will be the last straw. Which means, what are you going to have left within these K-12 school systems? You're going to have the jabbed. That's it. That will be all that remains. And what's going to happen to them? We already know. Because it's already been happening. So, I've talked again at length, and as you know, about the collapse of the American K-12 school system and how it is at hand. It is happening. What if... This rollout of these jabs and making this mandatory is, is the last step. The black hats think that it's being done for one reason. The white hats see it completely differently. And I tend to lead in, lean in that direction, that this is being done not only because their plan, the enemy's plans are being revealed on purpose so that people can act accordingly and, and ultimately make better decisions about how to educate their child and where to do that, which clearly the home is tends to be the safest place anyway. But what if that's part of the larger plan here? Because you cannot rebuild the American education system and you cannot fix it. You certainly don't want to rebuild it the way that it was built before. That can't happen. But its destruction is at hand, and I I think right here, I think that this is the move that is the straw that's going to break the camel's back. That's my two cents. I think this is it. Uh, And this is going to force, when this goes down, this vote goes down, and they vote for it, you will see an exodus, I think, the likes of which you can't imagine. And then that's when, again, the Civil War will take place within the courts. And the lawyers will get a hold of it and judges and so on and so forth. But make no mistake, it's not just going to be the CDC uh, advocating for this, advocating for these shots. It's not just going to be Virginia and the Virginia Medical Freedom Alliance that's going to be defending against it and fighting against it. Um, this is just another, this is another battle in the Civil War, and I think it's a big one. I think this is a huge, huge fight here. I think it's going to force parents permanently to pull their children out of school, and that's a victory. That means that we've won, and the school system has lost. So I just wanted to make mention of that because that's something, of course, that is going to happen, and that's a big deal. Okay, moving on here. Uh, I wanted to read a couple of posts here from the Died Suddenly News Facebook page, and these made their way 
It also sort of provides a, a brief uh, inside look, as a, of course, as to what's happening now within hospitals, which is fascinating, I think. I mean, it, yeah, it's horrific, but uh, it's just it's interesting, to say the least, because, again, there are unjabbed nurses and unjabbed employees who still work within these environments, and what they are reporting and what they are seeing is astonishing. Um, so let me read these first, and there's two of them I'd like to read. And they made their way to the Telegram channel COVID Vaccine Injuries, which I believe is based out of Australia. And if you're interested in following them, I highly recommend it. Um, I get a great deal of information from them, and I have since the very beginning of all of this, certainly since uh, I've been reading Telegram anyway. Okay, the first one says the following. It says, quote, it's a bit of, I, I would say, unfortunate justice, but this happens too. You know, the old, the old karma bug bites someone eventually. It says, quote, my child's eye doctor who practices in a hospital office building was a total lunatic with a mask. First year, she harassed us constantly if we moved it from our mouths or noses. Last April, she herself chased us down the hall after we removed it and dropped it in the trash as we left her office and walked toward the elevator. She was screaming that we had to wear it in the hallways. We just kept walking. Two weeks ago, I got a letter from her office that she died suddenly. Unquote. The next one, uh, it says, Nurse Who's Seen Much Horror. And this, again, was copied from the Died Suddenly news page. Uh, it says, quote, I've been a registered nurse for 17 years. I've seen a lot of things. In 2021, I was told by my hospital to get the sucker, it's, of course, the jab, or be fired. I worked on a tele-unit, and we were the designated C unit. I caught the C sickness in early 2021 but overcame it fine at age 60. It wasn't pleasant. Hundreds from my hospital system were let go, 26 from my unit, including six charge regis registered nurses. I had to relocate to find work, changed my life. I have found a hospital that accepts exemptions. One of the first things I saw early 2021, after the sucker came out, was a healthy 20-year-old with platelets of four, can't clot, after the J&J. &J. Another healthy 35-year-old with a, with a rare pancreatitis, with rare pancreatitis, only affecting the tip of her pancreas. She told me herself she thought it was the shot, or the sucker, as they say in these posts. It then says, but that summer, our census exploded. It's usually slower in the summer as the weather is better. Observations. So many strokes and neurological symptoms on people without many risk factors. Hemorrhagic strokes, which aren't as common, were everywhere. Never seen so many in 17 years. In addition, spinal abscesses and tumors. My own hairdresser, 35-year-old healthy lady, woke up with half her body numb. Two weeks after the second sucker, they talked her into it. Uh, she had spinal tumors, still not back to work. That reminds me. This is something to, to pay attention to also. I was riding past a, uh, 
a hairdresser, as it turns out, ironically enough, just the other day, there was a sign on the outside of the hairdresser's door on the side of the road, and it said, please pray for, and it was the names of three people. And I thought to myself, I've passed this building before, and it's never said anything like that. It's always discount, discount, you know, come on in, walk-ins available, you know, whatever else. But now it's just, it's not saying any of that. It just says, please pray for these three people. Why would that be? Um, It continues here. It says, blood clots, pulmonary embolisms, GI bleeds. My brother, who only had one sucker last year, told me he is on a blood thinner for a clot in his leg he developed recently. Huge influx of these at hospital. Lots of weird skin rashes of unknown etiology, migraines, new onset seizures, heart problems, uncontrolled AFib, heart attacks. Many patients in remission for cancer, but it came back, and many new cancers. Now I work on every floor in the float pool, so I see all the specialty floors. Many, many falls due to dizziness, resulting in fractures, hip replacements, etc. Even younger, quote-unquote, people my age with all these things. Many infections, I believe, due to suppressed immune systems. Altered mental status, such a thing right now, exclamation point, they say. New onset dementia and confusion. Besides all the deaths, there aren't enough facilities and caregivers in the world to care for all the prematurely, or sorry, permanently rather, I can read, permanently debilitated people. I see it every single day, and I know everyone's sucker status at the beginning of my shift two to four, most of them, lining up for more, exclamation point. I've also noticed a lot of kidney issues like stones, acute failure, etc. I have, have I missed anything? It's real and I'm an eyewitness. Last year when I was going to be fired, the Stu Peters show asked me to come on and tell about being fired, but I declined and had my friend, a respiratory therapist named Angela, go on look up last September's show, but I did go on Como News in Seattle, September 27th of 2021, in an interview called It Should Be a Choice, quote unquote. It's still on their website. I live in Washington State. I'm at my wit's end seeing all this. I want to help, but don't know how. I do advise patients not to get any more suckers, and that's the least I can do. To date, I've never given the sucker to anyone and never will. I will talk to anyone who will listen, but sadly, five of my seven kids have eaten a sucker and five of my six siblings have. I feel I need to mentally prepare for the worst, but being a Christian, I continue to wrestle all this out in the context of my faith, what I believe predicted to happen in this world. In the end, we know who wins. My condolences to all on this site, who have suffered losses. The stories are pulling at my heartstrings. Thank you for reading to the end, unquote. I can't imagine, I just can't imagine continuing to work in these environments and seeing all of this and knowing that, again, you're working around the sick and the jabbed as you yourself are probably having to take care of your own fellow employees, too, not to mention the asleep doctors. Or jabbed themselves. 
You've heard me say it. That's why this is the perfect crime. Too many people have been tricked. They've just, they've just been tricked, which again bears the, re- the repeat message of this. I highly recommend checking out Sean Hibbler's, uh, Sean Hibbler's documentary from Hibbler Productions, Fluvid 19. It's fantastic because, again, it focuses in on the lying, the coercion, and the manipulation of just saying, well, there's no more flu. There's no more illness from, which is really illness from flu shots and the people who poison themselves on a year-in, year-out basis with flu shots. But they just simply moved all of that over into, quote-unquote, COVID illness. So there you go. Uh, Died suddenly. Still a problem. But one heck of a one heck of a Facebook page to say the least, because it's added to on a daily basis. Here's another thing I wanted to mention. This showed up in the mail the other day. Kroger's. They of course mandated all their employees to take the jabs. Uh, I'm sure plenty of them are dead or injured as a result. They of course went hard on the mask wearing as well. And of course, during the entire lockdown session, I noticed that they were implementing and uh, installing, rather, all of their self-checkout aisles now. Because again, it's almost like they're anticipating having less employees. Weird. Anyway, they sent this home to a number of residents, I'm, I'm sure, certainly in the surrounding area, but it's titled Recommended Vaccines. And it's one of those, don't forget your vaccines and don't forget to schedule, you know, to schedule your vaccines. There's also a vaccine reminder card at the bottom, so you can actually check off the boxes of all the poisons you've taken. It says at the top here, and it has a chart that's broken down by age. It says, quote, recommended vaccines. Are you up to date on vaccinations? Find your age bracket to determine which vaccines are right for you. And in the 18 plus category, it recommends the three vaccines, which by the way, it recommends these three across all age groups, everything 18 and above. The DTaP vaccine, tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis. Uh, the COVID-19 vaccine, and the flu vaccine. And under flu vaccine, it says our healthcare providers will help determine which flu vaccine is best suited for your age group. So apparently they have different poisons that uh, are for different age groups. That's good to know. In the 19 to 26-year-old category, they basically want you to get everything. They want you to get a meningitis vaccine, an HPV vaccine, a hepatitis B vaccine, a DTaP vaccine, a COVID vaccine, and a flu vaccine. So if you're between 19 and 26, that's what they want you to have. Now, who is between the ages of 19 and 26? College students. I bet a bunch of them are going to be real sick real soon. What do you think? Ages 50 to 64. They want you to get two doses of a shingles vaccine, along with the DTA, uh, D, I'm sorry, Tdap vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, and the flu vaccine. And if you're 65 or older, ladies and gentlemen, they want you to get the pneumococcal vaccines, plural, shingles vaccine, plural, two doses, the Tdap vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, and the flu vaccine. 
We also offer vaccines for those under 18, unsure of which vaccinations you or your family need? Come in and speak with one of our licensed pharmacists, where we'll kill you on the spot. Have a nice day. Don't forget to shop Kroger's. And then, of course, the vaccine reminder card. With the checklists and whatever else, with a section for the pharmacist, be sure and return for your second COVID vaccine dose between this date and this date, and be sure to return for your second shingles vaccine dose between this date and this date. Ladies and gentlemen, I also drove past, uh, side note, drove past a urgent care the other day also. The parking lot was packed to the gills. Packed. And I've never seen this particular urgent care packed ever. Not ever. But it was packed. Every spot was taken. I'm blown away by all this. I continue to be blown away. People continue to fall for this. Absolutely nuts. Here's a piece of audio I want to play very quickly. Uh, about a minute or so long, maybe two. This is attorney Greg Glasser, where he says, quote, the unvaccinated are the healthiest people on the planet. The unvaccinated, ladies and gentlemen, are the healthiest among us all. Give this a listen. We have done something for the first time. We have proven causation. We have proven that the unvaccinated are the healthiest people on the planet. We have proven that vaccines cause chronic illness. And I say cause in the full sense of the word, causation. We have proven that the vaccines are causing immune system dysfunction. They're causing a pandemic of chronic illness all across the country. We calculated the exact risk of being vaccinated at any level. And what we found was that unvaccinated children have chronic illness at 5%, whereas the vaccinated nation is at 50%. 5% unvaccinated, 50% vaccinated. We surveyed 1,482 unvaccinated Americans. That is more than the CDC surveys for many of their studies. We looked at all ages. So we even had some 70-year-olds who were participants in the survey. And uh, especially for some of these illnesses, which are very common, like diabetes, um, because you can compare. We found zero diabetes in our entire survey. That's impossible unless vaccines are causing diabetes. We surveyed 1,272 children. Most of the children were from New York and California. We found something amazing when we did the survey, and it was so surprising. We found that when we looked at the results from New York and California, they were nearly the exact same. The results from New York matched the results from California, and those results both matched the other states when you put all, them all together. The result was more than we expected. We did, not, we did not know, we did not understand that the results were going to be this good. All the studies say the same thing. The unvaccinated are the healthiest people on the planet. Disease mortality declined before every single vaccine came out. We did it for every vaccine. We show that mortality was already declining. And then the pharmaceutical industry came along and said, we need to inject everyone with more and more. It just kept getting worse in the 1980s, 
than the odds. And now we've reached a point where we are at a crisis. Our citizens are dying. Our citizens are being decimated. The unvaccinated have the answer. They have the cure, the solution. They are healthy. If there was a block, there was a, a street filled with unvaccinated people, there would only be one person on the block with an issue. Everyone else would be healthy, even the adults. The vaccine manufacturer keeps doing more and more adjuvants to try to make the vaccine as potent as possible, to get as many antibodies as possible. They're all about effectiveness. They don't care about safety. And we know this because they never will study a control group. When the pharmaceutical company claims that they studied a control group, they're lying. For example, with Gardasil, they compared girls who had three Gardasils to girls who had four Gardasils. That's not a control. That is not science. That is a rigged trial. They lie about safety. Pretty straightforward, I think. Pretty straightforward. We're not poisoning ourselves and we're just fine. See, we are the control group. And the control group, ladies and gentlemen, is doing just fine. Yes, we're being shed on from time to time and we have a short-term illness as a result of being shed on by being around the jabbed. But we're doing just fine. We're doing a-okay, hopefully, anyway. You know, this, this really brings up another issue for me that I find interesting. I've made mention of it before, but it, it deserves a quick revisit. And I would actually like somebody to answer this for me if you can. And, and maybe it still fits within the category of Munchausen syndrome. But with Munchausen syndrome, a person usually has to be aware, at least I think that this is the full-blown definition, that they have to be aware that they're poisoning themselves for the purpose of garnering attention from other people. And then, of course, they become ill and they become addicted to the attention and the story of, oh, we're all sick, and then it becomes a thing for them to harp on and lean on, and, well, I was sick, and they were sick, and we were all sick, and I know of this other person who was sick, and again, among, among the jabbed in particular, we're, we're hearing that a lot. We're hearing it again in our personal lives. They're running to social media and sort of bragging about it like it's some badge of courage. My question, again, is if the individual doesn't know that they're poisoning themselves to death or poisoning themselves into illness, and they're bragging about it and talking about it and doing whatever it is that they're doing, is that categorized as Munchausen syndrome? Or is that categorized as a plethora of other mental illnesses? We know, again, it's brainwashing. That's probably at the foundational level. But above that, is it called something else or is it in fact Munchausen syndrome? I really don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I know, again, it's virtue signaling and I wore a mask and I took the shot and, you know, look at my Instagram post and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I understand that people have done that, unfortunately, and that virtue signaling is, of course, not virtuous. It's cowardice. We are aware of that. It's just whether or not the individual who is poisoning themselves is conscious of whether or not what they are doing to themselves is in fact poison. And, and again, does, does the presence of that knowledge 
um, constitute the definition of Munchausen syndrome? I really don't know. But let me give you a, a small example here. I've read some of these before, but there are some updated ones here. This is from Patriots.win. And somebody, again, has, has put a giant compilation of Twitter posts, uh, basically linked one on top of the other in chronological order, showing, again, the virtue signaling and then the abrupt illness or death that even strikes the individual after they've just gotten done bragging about their mask wearing and jab taking. This one is relatively recent. This comes from at Ace Atheist on uh, Twitter. And they retweeted something saying that Jesus is a joke. Okay. Well, you're going to be the butt of that joke, I'm afraid. It says, uh, they said this on September 25th, 2022. Yes, fully vaccinated. Hopefully between that and the medicine they gave me, I'll have a speedy recovery. And then on October 15th of this year, they replied to someone else and said, not a doctor, quote, but three months ago, I had some pain on my left side. Thought it was related to all the other problems I have on my left side. I was going to sleep it off went to the ER just in case, turned out to be a really serious heart attack, unquote. Again, these people, I, I got to tell you, the humble pie and the crow that they are eating is astounding. Here's another one. Uh, this is an individual responding to TMZ. It says, how can, or it says, I'm sorry, quote, can you imagine how much worse it would have been if she wasn't vaccinated? And she has a, this is a picture of a, Gal from October 12th of this year, and she has a sticker on her forehead that says, just vaccinated. You know, like, just voted. They're giving them those stickers. Absolutely outrageous. And this is Brandy, the uh, musician, old musician, apparently. It says, according to TMZ, Brandy is currently recovering in a Los Angeles hospital after having a seizure. Brandy was reportedly rushed to the hospital on Tuesday night by EMS, but she is anticipated to make a full recovery. We send her love and healing during this time. Well, about that. Uh, I don't think they're going to recover. And she's not the only one who's ill, by the way. I came across a post, again, I have no confirmation of this, but it said Ringo Starr is ill canceled his tour or suspended it, something. Um, the same is true with Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac, same thing. And then it is Post Malone as well. And all these people are going to the hospital with chest pain and all kinds of things. Weird. I wonder if there's some kind of a virus that is just impacting musicians. You know, that COVID stuff's really smart. It specifically goes after particular professions. I mean, we all know that, right? We all know that. Trust the science, everybody. Now, you've heard this man's voice before. This is Dr. John Campbell. He has a YouTube channel. And apparently, um, people have called him to be a vax pusher in the past. Allegedly, not anymore. And certainly, he's been describing the excess deaths 
in in recent months, without a doubt, if not longer than that. Uh, this has to do with Australia, though, and it says, quote, on this particular Twitter account, before I play the audio, it says, at 95% double and triple waxed, Australia is now at 17.1% excess deaths. So give Dr. John Campbell a listen. And that leaves us with these really big unknowns that we look forward. And I, I'm, I'm not picking on Australia. I'm just using it to combine what we know and, and um, what we don't know. But the excess deaths here for 2022, so far 17.1% higher than average. And there's no reason to say that in the UK it's not similar with a larger population, of course, that number's going to be way higher. 16.8% higher than average. And um, I think we really need some sort of official inquiry into this. Why are 168 to 17.1% more people dying than we would expect? What are the cause or causes of this? And uh, I really feel that this is something that government should answer as a, as a matter of urgency. And indeed, um, academics. Why not? Why we're not hearing much more about this is is a mystery to me. But I've done my bit to try and ask this question as much as I can, and let's hope for some answers pretty soon because a lot of people are dying who wouldn't, according to historical precedents. Thank you for watching. Who knows? Again, I I haven't been following that guy for very long. Hardly ever, as a matter of fact. I've always been shocked that his YouTube channel remains up and continues to remain up. He's been going over the numbers a lot. He's, he's pieced things together, but it could be that that's the sound of what it sounds like when you're chewing on humble pie and you're trying to talk at the exact same time. Uh, you know, he, he's figuring things out, and that's difficult for a great deal of people. Let me make mention of this, too. I thought this was kind of interesting. I meant to say it in the last episode regarding ivermectin. Uh, and then I have two final stories here that I want to get to before I wrap things up. Actually, more than that. Uh, about four, give or take. Either way, regarding ivermectin, there have been, again, numerous anonymous posts of individuals describing ivermectin and its anti-inflammatory properties. I'm going to give you a rather simple one. Uh, an individual made a post on Great Awakening dot win a while back that said seasonal allergies are a thing that they struggle with on a constant basis. And of course, with the leaves falling and things blowing around in the air the way that they do typically during the fall, their allergies ramp up and they would normally grab a Claritin D or they would uh, grab some other over-the-counter remedy of some kind. Of course, you can obtain ivermectin as I've described and and link that website below, ivermectin.com I believe is the website. Um, and they described how all they did was take a, when they were sort of having, you know, watery eyes and a dry throat or whatever it was as a result of being outside and allergies, that they took one dose, just one, one six milligram pill of ivermectin and within an hour it was gone. Their symptoms were gone. So again, the anti-inflammatory properties of ivermectin cannot be understated here. So when you have criminals and psychopaths like Anthony Fauci uh, saying that ivermectin does nothing for anyone, well, he's a liar because it's cheap 
and it's effective for a variety of different things. And we're continuing to figure this out. You've heard me mention in the past that an individual took ivermectin for poison ivy. In their specific case, if memory serves, they took the horse paste and they just rubbed it on the actual poison ivy rash on their skin. And they said the next morning they woke up and the rash was dry and starting to crust over and the itch was gone. So there you go. Whole lot cheaper than going to the doctor and, you know, asking for prescription drugs. These remedies are around us. They are available. We've, we've been tricked. We've been duped. And it continues to happen, but fortunately, we're trying we're, we're trying some of these things out on ourselves, and it and it seems to be working. Again, my diverticulitis kind of acted up not that long ago, uh, and I took ivermectin, and I got to tell you, the the pain went away. And again, that's an inflammation of the large intestine. So yeah, things worked out. Didn't have to go to the hospital. Everything was a okay. It was food poisoning, of course, but you know whatever. Still went away, felt better. Okay, here's the next one. The stories just keep coming here. This is from AmericaFirstReport.com. It is titled, Vax Regrets. The masses are realizing they made a mistake and they're getting scared. It says, many of my readers, this is by J.D. Rucker on October 16th. It says, many of my readers didn't get jabbed. It's likely that many more, if not most, did get jabbed. We understand it sucks, but moving forward, we need to stop more jabs from getting in more arms. This is a subject, of course, that I've brought up before, but I'm going to read just a few paragraphs out of this because, you know, it's sound advice. But, you know, the, the other thing to keep in mind with this, too, is that some people don't want to be awake. They need the matrix. They need it. And some people, even when you present them with the facts, and you lay the facts right in their lap, they will quite literally move it off of their lap and walk away. Again, you, you can't help these people. If they don't understand that they are ill as a result of the shots that they have taken and were duped into taking because they wanted to do something in their lives or I can't lose my job or whatever it was, well, then that's on them eventually. Eventually, they have to accept some responsibility. And again, Bringing those things up doesn't necessarily make us insensitive people. It just means that we're bringing up facts as well. So anyway, this says the following, quote, The other day I posted an article and did a show titled Dealing with Newly Awakened Anti-Vaxxers. It was prompted by the prominent vax nannies like Pierce Morgan, who used to ridicule vaccine skeptics, but who are now singing a different tune. A few said I was too harsh. Most said I wasn't harsh enough. But there was a third unexpected response that made me give a lot of thought to the future. I received hundreds of correspondence from people who have been vaxxed, and now they don't know what to do. Some asked about treatment options to try to get unvaxxed, quote-unquote. Others asked if there were legal avenues they could pursue to get compensated for damages. Unfortunately, there was no way to give them positive responses to either question. It says the past is the past, but the future is still in play. Whether we are in the end times, I believe we are, according to this person, or not, our mission moving forward is to get the truth out to as many people as possible. There is the biblical truth, which for Bible-believing Christians should be the most important part of our mission. 
Then there's the worldly truth, and a few things are as important as waking up even more people about medical tyranny, pandemic panic theater, the Great Reset, and how the COVID vaccines play a role in all three. Final paragraph, it says, as I've said many times, we need allies. It's easy to be harsh and say those who choose to get jabbed must deal with their mistakes on their own. But as I've learned from the hundreds of correspondences I received, a huge chunk of those who got jabbed did so because they were given a tough choice. They couldn't work without the jabs. They couldn't go to school without the jabs. Their kids couldn't play sports without the jabs. They couldn't travel to see family without the jabs. There are many more reasons people chose to get the shots, but at the end of the day, they still chose to do so. We've all made mistakes in our lives. This one just happens to be horrible and permanent, unquote. Again, I fully understand that. And, I, and as we all know, a lot of people have been duped. You know, it could even be the vast majority of individuals. Even with that aside here for just a minute, there's individuals like this, again, real patriots who are standing up to what's going on, even from a geopolitical standpoint, in particular within the military. I made mention of this person a while back, but I want to mention this again, because there's a nice little write-up about this and a nice summary, I think. This has to do with um, Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long, medical doctor, and again, a whistleblower regarding what's going on with the shots specifically in the military. I want to read this post. This, uh, this too was from greatawakening.win, and it's titled, Military Doctor Testifies Under Oath That She Was Ordered to Cover Up Vaccine Injuries Through Biden Administration Directive. It says the following, Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long, MD, quote-unquote, hell no to any COVID-19 vax. Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long is a medical doctor at Fort Rucker, who is one of the U.S. Army's top flight surgeons and an expert on public health. Long makes sure military pilots are ready and able to fly America's complicated and lethal aircraft. When asked if the COVID-19 vax is safe for pilots, she replies, hell no, I didn't think it was safe, or I didn't think it's safe. Military doctor testifies under oath that she was ordered to cover up the vaccine injuries through the Biden directive, Biden administrative directive, administration directive, rather. It says, quote, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, again, is a medical doctor, one of the U.S. Army's top flight surgeons and an expert in public health. Um, let's see. Dr. Long has been a skeptic of the so-called COVID-19 experimental vaccine from the beginning. After months of medical observation of the devastating effects of these injections, she's come to the, con uh, to the conclusion the top army brass, quote-unquote, does not like. When asked if she would recommend the CV-19 vax to pilots, she evaluates Dr. Long, who is, an un who is unvaxxed, says, quote, if you think for a minute that the very same doctors, politicians, or whoever that told you that this was safe and effective, if you're waiting and holding your breath for them to come back and say, oops, we made a mistake, it's dangerous and deadly, that's never going to happen, unquote. It continues, and it says, if an army pilot walked into Dr. Long's office and asked if the C-19, CV-19 vax was safe, what would she tell them? Dr. Long says, I would tell them, hell no, I don't think it's safe. What is Dr. Long seeing firsthand? 
after the CV-19 injections. Dr. Long says, quote, I have seen everything from strokes to clots in the spleen and liver, cancers, testicular pain, infertility, miscarriages, menstrual irregularity, lung tissues, thyroid dysfunction, erratic heart rates, a lot of things that I don't see in someone flying an aircraft. You can see myocarditis and pericarditis weeks and months after vaccines, unquote. It then says the U.S. military is very familiar with the problem. Lieutenant Colonel Long has reported, has reported, period. Dr. Long testified in a Senate hearing last November with doctors and medical researchers who treat CV-19 vaccine injuries, along with patients who had experienced adverse events due to the CV-19 vaccine. Dr. Long also made a highly publicized affidavit against the Biden administration's vax mandates as a whistleblower under the Military Whistleblower Protection Act in September of 2021. The military brass are well aware of who Dr. Long is and the many problems she is reporting with these so-called vaccines. What are her superiors telling her? Dr. Long says, quote, it's always disheartening when people come to me and say privately, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you that we should stop these vaccinations, but publicly I will disown you. That's not being a leader. It's just straight up cowardice when you know you are doing the wrong thing and you refuse to change, unquote. Dr. Long estimates that there are 200,000 to 400,000 military members who are not vaccinated. And the Pentagon and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin have threatened to kick them out, kick them all out, rather, of service. Are the military leaders this stupid, this compromised, or simply committing treason? Dr. Long's plea to the military brass is, quote, pray for wisdom and courage, unquote. I know that there's been a lot of stories out there again about placebos and how on earth could they possibly give all of the military members these shots, knowing what they would do regarding decimating our military and XYZ. Of course, this is all being done on purpose. I think it's 100% real. It's very real that the military is being decimated as a result of this. But I have to be optimistic about a few things regarding this too. I have to believe that there are enough good people within the military who know what's going on and are preparing for some kind of a response. There has to be some kind of a positive United States of America, pro-America military response regarding everything that's taking place here. Yes, we are the military, the citizens of the United States. We are armed. We're ready to rock and roll anytime that we're called on to do so. But there are good people that work within these organizations. I'm certain of it. There just have to be. It would be mathematically impossible that that would not be the case. We do know, of course, that they're doing this intentionally to, as you've heard me say, and as countless other people have said, to weed out the morally sound. They want the morally sound gone, and they want the sheep to, the, to remain, even if the sheep end up sick and dead as a result of what they're doing. But there has to be some kind of a catch basin, so to speak, for all of these individuals who took the oath, left the military as a result of not wanting to play these poison games. And those individuals need to be reconstituted into some kind of a mission to then 
again, either remove, replace, whatever it may be, the current existing military brass that is in place right now. Because I don't believe that every avenue of what we are seeing is just a show. I mean, you're not going to be able to convince people of that because we're seeing dead people and hearing of all of the injured and XYZ. That's not fake stuff that's very real. And that's not an entertaining show to watch. But as you've heard me say too in the past, and even these anonymous posts that I've read, I do believe, again, that this is where the Civil War is taking place. The Civil War is happening both in front of us as we're seeing it, both among society and within specific professions. It's within these professions and within these government organizations where they are fighting each other. Lawyers are fighting lawyers. Judges are fighting judges. Law enforcement is fighting law enforcement. We have to believe that the same thing is happening within the military, that there are good military people and bad military people. I think that's part of the awakening process for a lot of people also, is that they're figuring that out. Again, same in the education business. We're seeing many in the education business stand their ground and at the exact same time walk away because they know exactly what's going on and they want nothing to do with that collapse. There's a a bit of a civil war there also. I think the education system just in summary here, is is lost. I, I don't think there's any recovering it. It's too far gone. The The military is a, is a different... That's a, that's a whole other animal. And again, I'm not in the military, so I don't know, but I'm, pu- I'm putting it out there as a theory of mine that there has to be a catch basin for the people who know what's going on and those individuals, whether they become discharged or dishonorably discharged because they wouldn't take these shots, that they're being reassigned by maybe an outside group who knows who who is a good a good group and 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 is working behind the scenes to know what's actually you know regarding what's going on and maybe they have a counter plan or a counter attack uh in store here in the near future again we know with elections coming up things are ramping up they're already again talking about more deadly variants and variants, 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 and they're playing that uh, violin as, as fast as they can and beating that drum as hard as they possibly can. But time will tell, I think, in the coming weeks here as to what they're going to do. Again, regarding the election, are, are they going to steal it? Are they going to uh, shut things down? Again, regarding quote-unquote COVID, I think it's going to get interesting, and I, I think we're going to we're, we're going to see a number of different things play out here. But we know Donald Trump's the legal president of the United States. It's only a matter of time before he shows back up, or the military takes over and says enough is enough, and starts arresting people. Because again, that has to happen. Countless people have spoken about that recently in the past, and and the one thing again that numerous people who are awake seem to arrive at is that public prosecution and public execution are the things that the American public has to see because that will wake up copious amounts of people, even the jabbed, I might add. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll catch you on Friday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.